guys and welcome to Happy Single Mums, a podcast surrounding real single mummy life. So here's your host, me, Khalifa. Hey guys and welcome to the Happy Single Moms podcast. I'm your host Khalifa. Today we have a wonderful lady, Leslie Cadet. She is a single mama. She is a podcaster and I love her page because she says that she is Christ-centered coach. She's a Christ-centered coach for single moms and boy oh boy do we need Christ yes, we do. <laughs> do I need Christ do single moms yes, need Christ and I love the fact that you are a Christ-centered coach we so so need a bit of God in our lives and I know that some people might not be Christians and um whatever you believe is your is between you and Jesus but I would rather believe in something than nothing yeah. Yeah. I would rather believe and it's so funny that a lot of times people say I don't believe in God but Many a times when I would like go to a clinic, for example, you see people praying before an accident. You see people praying <laughs> when so you true. when you've got when you you see that two lines and you're pregnant and alone. You see people praying. So then why yes. is it that you don't believe? But then when things go wrong, that's when you want to call out to God. So why not call out to him when things are right? Yes. Why not call out to him when because we as parents as well, you know, when our kids just give us a hug just because Mm -hmm. it feels Mm -hmm. so good instead of them calling you saying mom I'm hungry mom I need this mom I need that so I love the fact that you are a Christ-centered coach because we need him and so please tell the audience a bit about yourself your coaching your life (laughs) (laughs) well Khalifa I just want to say thank you so much for inviting me to be a part of your community I am honored and you know yeah I like to help single moms and I became a single mom about four years ago I was married for eight years and the relationship was abusive so I eventually reached a point where I woke up and decided that the best thing for me and the children was to leave and so I started fan into flames after I had recovered and kind of achieved my healing and I take the name of the business from 2 Timothy 1 6 where it says, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you. And this is the Apostle Paul talking to Timothy. And the King James Version says to stir up the gifts of God. So basically, God puts a gift inside of each of us. And we have a duty or obligation to stir it up, to fan it into flames, to build it, to grow it, to let it shine for everybody to see. And um, my goal is to help single moms recognize the gift that's inside of them so they can fan it into flames and create a legacy for themselves and their children. Wow, that is amazing. I love that. I absolutely love that. I don't know whether you've seen on my um, um, Instagram page, I've got um, Genesis. Let me go onto my Instagram page. Um, I've got Genesis. Where is it? Genesis 21, 19. Mm-hmm. And um, there was a particular time where I was in my single mommy journey and I was reading the Bible and I was like, God, where am I in this? Where am I? Because you really sometimes want to identify where you are. And um, when Hagar um, was kicked out of um, her man's house <laughs> after um, she was basically used to produce his child, 
Yes. And she took him, um, Ishmael, to the wilderness and she was like, God, I don't like, what am I going to do? I can't feed my child. Like, mm. and then an angel appeared and he said, look up. And he said, look up. And then she saw water and she was able to provide for her, her child. And every time I see and speak to single moms, I'm like, every time we look at our situation, it's always dire. But every yeah. time we look up, we rivers of water. So, and it's so funny that even in like the therapeutic world, they say that people that are depressed, the more you exercise gratitude, yeah, the less depressed you are. So whatever situation you're in right now, um, just help someone else, do something else, practice gratitude, because I kid you not, Mm -hmm. sometimes when you actually, if we got all of our problems and we put it in a bag, and we shook that bag and then we yeah. took out someone else's pro- problem we'll be like no no give me my cross back <laughs> give me my cross back because yeah we just have to just look look up that's just my that's so personal true, Khalifa. and it's like a mental exercise people think that that's like a cliche statement it's so easy it is not when you're going through something and you're caught in this routine of negative thinking it takes a lot of mental energy to say oh wait I'm having a negative thought. Let me change lanes. Think about something that I'm grateful for and kind of perseverate on that. That takes a lot of energy and practice. It does not come naturally. Yeah. So when you were going through your divorce, how were, how were you able to weave God in the new transitional period or this new journey? How, how did you weave God in it? Well, you know, it was one of those situations where initially, I had walked away from God, you know, I had said, I'm going to, I know what I'm doing. I chose this man. I'm going to work through this and we've got it. God, you kind of stay over there. And when I got to my lowest point, I realized, oops, I made a mistake. And God was there with me. The Bible says he will pull you up out of the miry clay and set you on a rock. And I remember thinking, wow, you know, over these last eight, 10 years, I've been doing it my way. Mm. And God, even though I walked away from you, you never left me. Mm. And so now here I am with all these broken pieces and Lord, I need you to help me. And I think when we pray to God, he hears our prayers. And then we have to make a decision to just get up. As you said, look up and take steps towards your healing so the first thing I did you know my body was starting to break down so I said you know what this is stress manifesting itself I need to go talk to someone because see in the black community we don't like to go talk to people (laughs) (laughs) you know we're strong we can handle everything you know we just pray and we don't need to do anything else and you know God again has given each of us a gift and so I found a woman who had the gift for um, counseling and therapy. And she was also Christ-centered. And so the first thing she kind of revealed to me is that I had a victim mindset. You know, Mm -hmm. poor Leslie. This this man did everything to Leslie. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't taking responsibility for my part Mm -hmm. in a destructive relationship. The other thing that had happened to me was I had become overcome with hatred, bitterness, anger. And she very simply reminded me that God says not to be overcome with evil. 
mm. but to overcome evil with good. And so I realized I had become very deformed. I had become man-centered instead of Christ-centered. Yeah. And I now was broken. So I, for me, it was praying and then go getting help from a woman who had walked the journey herself yeah. and had the light of Christ in her hand. <laughs> took my hand in her other hand and basically walked with me, pulling me out of that pit, walking me down a new lane. Um, and it has been transformational. Like you wouldn't have been able to tell me That's seven good. years ago. <laughs> so now you now have been carrying that torch and helping um, other single moms. So what actually inspired you to want to help single moms then? Yeah, so after I kind of um, recovered, I thought, wow, you know, there was so much that I didn't know. And having that guide was paramount. Yeah. And so I said, if someone has done this for me, I want to now be able to do this for other women. So I'm going to take all my pain, all my hurts, all the lessons I've learned. I'm going to take Christ and I'm going to go help my other sisters. Because mm. we are so, we, we, we have been through so much and we need help. We need each other. So yeah, I'm on a mission. I want to come find my sisters and help us because we don't have to stay broken. Yeah. We don't have to stay down because of what uh, we allowed another human being to do to us. We don't have to stay down because of mistakes that we made. A lot of us, we're staying because we want to beat ourselves up over guilt. We think we deserve it because we made a mistake. And that's just not how God looks at us. Yeah. Yeah, that's brilliant. I, I absolutely love that. And I love the fact that you said um some people want to stay um where they're at. And I think sometimes when you are sad, um, yeah, it it it, it becomes comfortable. And I, I said this in one of my other podcasts that when my son's dad left and he said, I don't want nothing to do with you or the child. As soon as he walked out the door, I invited, so he walked out and the things that walked into my life were hatred, depression, um, just, I was so angry and it robbed me from the joy of having a child. And I think ultimately as single moms, one thing that we need to recognize that even if you and the father uh, were not legitimate, <laughs> that baby is because Jeremiah 1 1 says that before you were formed in your mother's womb I knew you I formed you I fashioned you so every child is here for a reason but yeah. you and the daddy might not have been planned so that's something that I always tell tell moms as well like all right you're sad but we it's everything in life is a choice even if we, if we can get pick between God and the devil we can pick whether we want to have a good day or a bad day no that's matter right. the circumstances you know and yeah his way I've tried, I've said this before, I have tried to fight God so many times and my arms aren't big enough, my arms aren't long enough, and his principles are right, they're right, they're right, they're right, I can't fight right. it, sex out of marriage is yeah. not, it does not happen, anyway. it doesn't, you get soul ties, you get emotionally attached, I have tried yeah. to work my way around it, like, oh, well, yeah. we've been dating for a while, but no, his right. principles are his principles and they're there for a reason. And it wasn't until I actually became a mom that I realized that, oh my God, if I tell my child that do not touch the stove and they go and touch it, it's for a reason. So being a parent has taught me about God's love and God's protection and God's, yeah, everything Absolutely. is for a reason. And we as human beings, we're like, but why do I have to to do that why are you telling me that I shouldn't do this and when our kids fight us you're like 
I'm trying to help you. I'm, you can't stay up till midnight because tomorrow you're going to be upset. You're not going to want to get out of bed, but I, I, I can do this. And then I'm like, okay, fine. You go ahead in the morning. Oh, you know, so look at it that way. If you yeah. look at God that way, that it's for your good. Amen. It's not because he's trying to restrict you. It's hmm. for your good. Forgiveness, forgiving others that have offended you is for your good. Even yeah. in the studies have shown that if you don't forgive, it affects your yes. body. It causes yeah. cancer. So if they're showing you these things and the Bible is parallel, like you need to forgive and let go. How many times should I forgive? Seven times, seven times, seven, 77 times. And you're like, no, but I'm still angry. I still feel offended. You have to do it for your own good. And Khalifa, you bring up a very valid point because a lot of us as Christians, we are equating forgiveness with trust, right? The snake bites you. Mm -hmm. You can forgive the snake for biting you, but that doesn't mean you trust the snake. And now you keep hanging around the snake. You keep entertaining the snake. He's already shown you he's a snake. So that doesn't mean you have to be in a close relationship with the snake anymore. You say, oh, that hurt. Yeah. I learned my lesson. Let me move away from the snake. Yes, it's about right? applying wisdom. That's what a lot of people fail to understand that just because you forgive someone, you have to apply wisdom. And I've said this analogy so many times. It's like yeah. you have to equate your life to uh, a house. And sometimes we as human beings, we're so quick to let people into our intimate spaces because we lack wisdom. And we let them into our bedrooms, for example, because that's the, that's mm-hmm. the most sacred place in in our house our own bedroom our own space and when they've shown you that yes they've they've messed up this wonderful space you can remove them out of your house or alternatively if you don't want to leave move them out of the house move them to the sitting room you know you can move them to the outer courts but you have to forgive them and let it go because what you are doing then is that you've removed this person out of your life and then you're messing up your own room and mm-hmm. keeping that junk because one thing I, I I would even share as well like I was so angry with my son's dad for mm-hmm. years and I went to a party one time and I was like dancing enjoying myself and I saw you know when you just know someone is looking at you like just feel the heat so I looked mm-hmm. back and he was at the same party and I actually walked up to him and I, I said you're right and I gave him a hug and then um I carried, went about my business to enjoy my night Good. And my friends looked at me like I was crazy. And I was like, I'm no longer angry. You don't want to be in your kid's life. I will see you. I'll greet you. Go on, because you're not going to be accountable to me. You that's know, right. our, our, our chapter is closed. So yeah, you're going to be right. accountable to your child mm-hmm. and to God. Mm-hmm. That, that Me and you, I don't need to beg you to come around. I don't need to ask you for money because I have not lacked. Mm. I have not lacked. So I'm just like, you made poor choices. We all do. Even our own teeth bite our tongue, you know, and that's our bodies doing it to ourselves. So you have to just let people do whatever they want. That is the truth, Khalifa. And, you know, you think about those of us who are no longer with our child's father, and this is happening in the early 20s, let's say. If you are blessed to live into your 80s, you have another 60 years to go. Mm-hmm. Are you going to carry that burden of hatred and unforgiveness and bitterness are you going to let that gnarl you up over the next 60 years or are you going to say oh you know 
that was really a rough patch. These are the lessons that I learned from it. This is how I'm going to allow it to shape me into a better person. And I'm going to enjoy and dance my way through the next 60 years. And I just thought, you know, I know women who decades later, they have not recovered from the trauma, from the trauma, from the breakup, from the betrayal, from the abandonment. Decades have gone by. And I said, Lord, I just don't want that to be me. I've already given this man one decade of my life. I am going to enjoy (laughs) these next 60 years. Okay. And you know, you have to choose that. Yeah. You can choose not to enjoy it, or you can choose to say, we're going to make the best out of this. Yeah. And it's not to say that you do not have bad days. I have bad days all the time, but it's, a, I, it, I have hope, you know, and I strongly believe that if you can get through pregnancy, for example, like with my own circumstances, you can get through anything, you know, mm-hmm. if you can get through one bad day, you can get through another. It's just one bad day out of your life you know and you just have to just keep it pushing keep it pushing I was gonna ask you um what um please tell me what four dating mistakes you think single mothers should avoid because I saw it on your (laughs) you know and this is this is you know again biblically based and if you just watch any reality show You just see it play out over and over again. So I would say the first one is we lower our standards because we're lonely. You know, the right type of guy hasn't come around. It's been a couple of years. We start itching, getting desperate, and we just go out there and grab whoever because we're so lonely. Uh, Number two, we get into another relationship too quickly. Maybe it's only been 30 minutes since you broke up and you, (laughs) you already jumped into the next one. You have not done any healing. You have not done any reflection, but you have jumped into the next relationship and you're just crashing and bumbling around through that. We have sex too soon. Okay, it's been five minutes. You already haven't sex. What's wrong with you? Don't do that. Again, it's not because God wants to restrict us as Christians. It is for our safety. It is um, because it's good for us. Sex is so powerful yeah. and we just give it away like it has no value. And then number four, you know, is moving in with a man that you're not married to. Wow. Your children have been traumatized as you have because now their father is not around. Or maybe he is around, but just the trauma, you all aren't together as a family unit anymore. And now you're moving this new guy in, into your very intimate space. And you're not thinking about, you know, the safety of your children Mm -hmm. because this man has not been properly vetted. Uh, he's not proven himself over the space of time and he's not proven that he's willing to commit to you on a sacrificial level because ultimately that's what you're doing when you say I want to get married to you is that I am binding my life to yours I'm going to put your needs above my own I'm going to sacrifice for you and I'm willing to put the legal stamp on this it's very easy to try to get all the benefits of marriage without actually making that solid commitment so in my opinion, those are four dating mistakes that single moms tend to make and should avoid. So what are signs that you are actually ready to start dating then? Well, I would say, number one, you have to want to. Because I know a lot of ladies, when we first come out of the relationship, we're just like, don't even look at me. (laughs) I don't want to do it with men at all. So, you know, first you have to want to. And you have to really 
um, evaluate if you are still operating from a position of desperation and lack. Because mm -hmm. if you're coming out into the dating arena with this desperate energy, the sharks are going to come for you. You know, um, if you are in love with yourself, you're in love with the life that you're living and you have a sense of peace about allowing a new man to come into your life, that's a good sign that you might be ready to date. If you're not running around desperately chasing every man that you see, that's a good sign. Um, if you are willing to give the man space to move the relationship forward, that's a good sign. I know we all want to be equals. Um, and we want to take over certain roles, but are you willing to let the man lead the yeah. relationship and pace it? Um, are you not scared to walk away if you see that the relationship is not what you want it to be, if it's not healthy? If you are willing to walk away, okay, you might be ready for a relationship. I think a lot of us, when we're so desperate for something, we're willing to tolerate with really, tolerate really bad behavior. But when you have come to a place of self-respect and self-honor and you say, okay, I'm going to enter into this relationship with this person, I'm going to start dating again. And the moment I see red flags, I am at peace walking away. Mm. That to me says, yeah, you're ready to date because you're not going to tolerate and repeat some of your past mistakes. Yeah, that's brilliant. And it's so funny that you said about seeing the red flags. I often say to, to people that when when you break up with someone and you see the amount of stuff that you let go, that within itself is an, an additional trauma, you know, yeah. it's an additional trauma. So as soon as you see, even with me, when I've been on dates um, and I, the guy says something or he does something and I'm like, I will tell them there and then, do you know what? Um, this is, this can't go any further. You know, I would, I'm very quick with a book mm -mm, because <laughs> It's, there's no point. We, the one thing that we cannot buy back in this life is time. Mm. You know, we mm. cannot buy time back. So mm. there's no point wasting it. Like if you're dating someone and you can see that they're red flags, you can see that they're a little bit aggressive. You can see that they're, they're quite rude when they're angry or a bit abrasive. You are so wonderful and precious. You And the thing is, especially being mums as well, I don't know what it is about children but they can sense when you are upset. They can right. sense your energy. So if you are dating someone and they're taken away, they're taken away from your kids as well. You know, Absolutely. that person needs to be an addition, a blessing, making my mommy, why are you so happy lately? Why are you smiling? What's going on? You know, that they even want to meet this person. They even That's to, right. You know? So we need to really, really look at our, and relationships are like mirrors. We need to, make sure that what we are looking at is a reflection of who we want to be as well. And, and Absolutely. It's, and Kalibi, you mentioned, you know, not wasting time mm -hmm. and think about how much energy you've saved when you go ahead and you cut it off early. Yeah. Energy that you could really pour into your self-care, you can pour into your children. There's all sorts of benefits of paying attention to red flags and cutting it off mm -hmm. early. Yeah, it's, you're definitely right. So how do you, what advice would you give to women um, that are dealing with loneliness? Because um, that's something that I um, struggle with at times, but my loneliness, sometimes it's seasonal. I find that like around winter time, like now, I'm like, oh Lord, I need some triceps and biceps, biceps, any seps. <laughs> so like, 
But apart from that, I'm fine. But there are just certain seasons whereby I'll be really lonely. They'll be showing so much romantic movies and yeah. everyone's couple goals. So how, <laughs> what advice would you give to, to people when dealing with loneliness? You know, I think the first thing is just to, to name it and mm-hmm. to acknowledge it and not to pretend that you're not really lonely, um, you know, and tell God about it. Because, mm. you know, like you mentioned Hagar, he saw every step of the way. He saw everything that she was going through. And God himself knows what it feels like to be lonely when Jesus was in the Garden of um, Gethsemane with the uh, disciples and they were supposed to be praying and they all fell asleep on him. You know, he felt really lonely. So I always find comfort knowing that God knows how I feel. Mm. And then, you know, doing something about it. Can you reconnect with old friends? Can you go out to social events and meet new people? Can you recognize that you're lonely and that may predispose you to forming relationships that aren't healthy so you're more aware of the people that you're interacting with? Um, changing the focus, you know, acknowledging that you're lonely, but changing the focus to, okay, what self-care activities can I be doing? What self-development activities can I be doing? What new skills can I learn? What is something that I've been wanting to do, but I haven't had the time to do it? Mm -hmm. And not to um, deny your feelings, but just to change your focus. So during this crazy generation that we are in right now, what do you think men are actually looking for? (laughs) Such a good question, right? I think men are looking for partnership that they're looking for help and what I mean by that is you know when God created Adam Adam was alone and so God created Eve for that companionship that partnership they were supposed to rule and have dominion over the earth together and she was his helpmeet. she was there to help him and you know she was also the conduit through which Adam's seed was going to grow and populating the whole earth. You know, I've heard uh, Pastor R.C. Blake say that a man will have an idea, but you give it to a woman and she grows that idea. She nurtures that idea. She amplifies that idea. So that idea that we, you know, have wombs and we give birth to children, to ideas, to legacies. Um, So I think at a very basic level, I don't think men want our degrees. They don't want our money. (laughs) They don't want our career successes. They want our approval. They want our respect, I think is what men want. Yeah, I interviewed um, Pastor R.C. Blake and um, he's a wonderful man. And he was talking about the fact that you need to check a man's energy and make sure that he has the right direction. And I strongly believe that, yes, men do want our help, but ultimately if we look at the Adam and Eve situation Adam already give or take had it going on you know he was he he already was established he knew what he was doing he was in the garden whether he was cutting grass naming animals we don't know I wasn't there yeah and then she was an additional help I don't personally like when women are the ones writing men's CVs helping them apply for jobs helping them sort out their credit that to me is not what helping looks like that is um that is parenting a man. Mm-hmm. And I think that this, a lot of times in with men, they want a parent in comparison yeah. to actually be the parent and direct and lead, you know? Yeah. So I, I think that there's a, such a 
thin line between help that we that a lot of women need to realize that if he even if he has a dream is he working towards the dream you know don't tell me that you're working on your rap career and (laughs) and you want me to be the backup dancer Uh, we are not doing that (laughs) no but you're so right and a lot of us as women because we want to make our man happy and we want to be helpful it does cross the line to where we are doing the most mm-hmm. like 99% and it's not healthy it's not reciprocal it's not mutual um so yeah you definitely have to be mm-hmm. very cautious i agree with that wholeheartedly he should have a vision that he is already walking towards yeah. that he is already you're seeing fruits of that walk um I personally have to let go of folks who just have a pipe dream, but there's no action behind that. I've, I've done that before. I can't <laughs> do that again. Yeah. I can't parent. I can't parent a man. I can't. I say. Um. I say this as. Um. I used to say this as a quote. I'm not breastfeeding you. It's impossible. I'm not. I've breastfed one one little boy, and I'm not breastfeeding you. It's not gonna happen. Because actually, the, the funny thing is that sometimes you actually grow to resent the person as well, the one that you're helping so much. And, you, and then it's then a form of like trauma bonding because you're like, I've done so much for you. I'm doing, you know, we get angry. Like I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And you're not even appreciating it. And the guy can, and I've seen this happen so many times, especially with, with some of my girlfriends, whereby they pour so much into a man and they build the man up. They educate and they say, do this and do this and do that. And they, 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 they've built this superhero, this, this character, and then he leaves them for another woman. Yeah. And then she gets yeah. the, the benefit of mm. the man that she, this woman has groomed, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So you mm-hmm. really need to pick your project. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Pick, pick your project, but just make sure, you know, that you are investing in the, in the right project. <laughs> there you go. I agree, Khalifa. Yeah. How do you help women slay Goliath? Like all the Goliaths in, in our lives, because we all in do have. Lives. Yeah. So, you know, again, this is another Bible character. So if folks aren't familiar, he basically was a giant in the Bible and he tormented the Israelites. He was like one of their biggest enemies. And so David, as a little kid, um, through the power of God, kills Goliath. And so when I say I help women slay Goliath, I mean that I'm teaching women how to overcome the adversities that are associated with single motherhood. Mm. So we talk about um, our emotional health. We talk about finances. We talk about recovering from divorce, recovering from abuse. We talk about practical techniques that you use when you're raising children. And it's really about equipping women with the tools. Brilliant. And um, tell us about you, um, the Rebuilding Self-Confidence course that you have. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of us came to single motherhood and we had some type of traumatic experience that brought us here. And so when you reach single momdom, a lot of us, our self-confidence is in the dumps. Uh, we don't think we can mother our children well. We don't think we'll ever get a man again. We don't think we can do anything in life correctly. Like we are not confident at all. And so this is a video course that teaches women how to rebuild their confidence. And the link for that is actually in my Instagram bio. Mm, that's 
Brilliant. And um, on your podcast, um, one of your episodes, you say, so you you're, you found out you're going to be a single mom. So what, because um, I have um, a lot of moms message me in the DMs and they're like, I'm a single mom. I went on Instagram and I just typed typed in single mom and the hashtag and you came up. How is it? This My partner's left me. What, what do I do? What what um what advice could you give to single moms that just don't know how they can bridge this journey? Yeah, you know, I think that's the hardest part is the initially you are shell-shocked. Yeah. You don't even know your left from your right, right? And so we're so overcome with a lot of negative emotions, a lot of preconceived notions about what we think single motherhood is about that it paralyzes us. So, you know, one of the things that I used is I, on a sheet of paper, I wrote down all of the negative thoughts I had about single motherhood, that people are going to think I'm some type of stereotype. They're going to think that I'm raising hoodlums for children. I'm actually going to mess my kids up because I'm raising them without their dad, all the things that I thought. And then on the other side of the paper, I wrote an opposite true thought. So if I wrote down, my kids are going to suffer because they don't have their dad. On the other side, I would say, I am getting stronger Mm -hmm. and my kids are going to be fine. Mm -hmm. And so every day when I'm having any type of negative thought, I go back to that list and I say, okay, this is the negative thought. And again, it's retraining your mind, retraining how you think this is what's actually true. You know, I love my kids so much and I would never do anything to intentionally harm them. Or maybe it's something like, you know, he's going to get a new girlfriend and she's going to hurt my kids, right? Maybe you change that thought and you're like, you know what? He actually picked me and I'm pretty amazing. So I'm sure if he picks some other woman later on down the road, she probably will be amazing too. And she won't hurt my kids, right? So you just have to change the way that you're thinking about things. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm on your last post on Instagram. You had them um, a podcast. Um, do single moms raise feminine sons? Um, yeah. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Oh yeah. So Chingy Tobin, wonderful young lady. She does relationship coaching, again, from a Christian perspective. And so we talked about, you know, as moms, there's a stereotype that if you raise sons in an all-female environment, that they're going to be feminine. And we're not necessarily talking about things like they like pink and they like to play with dolls. We were talking more about some of the, the deeper energy issues, right? So feminine energy is more about um, sitting still, reflective, and having things uh, come to you. If you think about the egg, the egg kind of sits there and then the sperm has to take the movement to get to the egg. So the egg kind of sits and receives. And so a lot of um, our men in modern society have become feminized to where they are not willing to do things like pursue a woman, or um, provide for a woman. And so it's how do we raise our sons so that they don't have that programming? And so we talked about allowing them as they reach the ages of like 10, 11, 12 to pivot because they're naturally gonna start to pull away from their mother as they're trying to establish their own manhood. 
giving them healthy space to do that. And as single moms, we are in our masculine energy because we're very directive with our children. Mm -hmm. And so as the, the child grows older and starts to pivot, we as women have to learn to kind of sit back a little yeah. bit and allow them to, you know, speaking to them with respect would be an mm -hmm. example, you know, because mm -hmm. you know how we do it. You know, we're rolling the neck, we talk, you know, you're going to do this. Da, 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 da. So a part of them coming into their manhood is, you know, speaking to them with respect, not as like their little kids, mm -hmm. like, and giving them the space to, um, to really uh, pivot into their manhood. She gave so many amazing tips. So I'm just gonna encourage everybody to go check that video out. But it was about encouraging our boys to embrace their, mas their healthy masculinity um, without robbing them of that. Yeah, no, you're completely, you're completely right. And that's something that I was a bit afraid of as well. Um, and so I made sure that my son, he does like boxing, he's got loads of male role models, my brothers. So yeah. I've, I've made sure that there's certain things that as a single mom, I can't provide. And I think that as single moms, you have to just be able to admit that we can't do everything. Doesn't mean that you're not, you're inadequate, but there, there's certain right. things that, like for instance, um, there was a time he said to me, mommy, why is it when I wake up my dingling is is up you know and I was like oh <laughs> because you know you just there's certain things that you just wish a guy was around to assist you with you know so um I was like cool cool uncle <laughs> you make such a good point Khalifa because sports you know I remember prior to becoming a single mom it was kind of like sports whatever but like for a single mom, I just love and appreciate sports so much because that's a great conduit to introduce them to other guys, um, to build camaraderie, to learn how to work on teams. And, you know, they can model because if there's no men in the house, they don't have anyone to model after. So yeah. you get them around uncles and around coaches. They can see, OK, this is how men walk in the world. And that's really good for them. Yeah, no, I I absolutely love it. And it's so funny with his boxing, there was a particular time um, one kid was bullying him in school. And um, every time I'd go into school to pick him up, they would say, give me an incident form that, oh, this kid hit Desire. Um, so, and I was just getting irritated. And up until the time that um, I said to him whilst I was driving home from school, I was like, why don't you just give him a sucker punch, you know? Because you do boxing, why is this kid bullying you? And he said to me, and I, you know, sometimes our kids can just, they can embarrass us because yes. they, they throw the truth in our face. And he said to me, but mom, coach said that if I use the skills I've learned in boxing outside on anybody, I can't come back. So I can't come and box. He was like, I can beat the boy up, but I just, I, I, if he hits me, I just call the teacher. And I was driving home, being schooled by my my nine year old son, thinking to myself that wow, he's listening to the things that he's hearing at boxing, that he would not risk fighting because yeah, it's just it's so amazing. So I think that I would advise any mom get your kids into sport, get them yeah. active because it helps you as well. They're helping your life. When the kids come back home and they're tired, yes. just all they want to do is eat and sleep. I'm like, yes, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I don't have to listen to any Fortnite or any roadblocks. 
jargon that he likes to talk about. I'm like, okay. Oh my goodness. So we need to get them, get them into sports. It's so it's wonderful. Yes. Um, why is it, I think we've touched upon this as well, but why is it so important for single moms to get emotional healing? Yeah, you know, you mentioned that our children feed off of our energy mm-hmm. and that's it. If you stay in a place of brokenness for so long, your children are going to grow up in an environment that's inattentive because you're too overcome with grief and anger and bitterness and sadness to really address their emotional needs. So you have to get yourself together so that they are feeding off of healthy energy. And they're going to learn so much by watching you develop your own resiliency. And these are skills that they're going to be able to carry forward into their own lives. How do we deal with adversity in healthy ways? How do we keep adversity from keeping us out of the ring for decades? Those are super important things to teach our kids. So how do you pick a good man then if you've been picking, um, I don't know, toxic narcissistic man how then do you how then do you identify that yes this is a good man when you haven't even seen it modeled and because we we even in society like struggle love is kind of pushed like oh yeah he cheated on me 15 times gave me one std but now we're married and i'm like girl that is not a love story (laughs) it's a traumatic story right you know the problem, I think, Khalifa, is we focus too much on, is he fine? Is he tall? Is he athletic? He smell good. He got money. That, that, those are not the way that you pick a good man, right? You have to, it's very simple. You have to look at his character. Character are things like, is he honest? Does he tell the truth? Mm. Is he hardworking? Okay, it's not necessarily how much money is in his bank account. Will he get up and go to work, right? Is he kind? Is he patient? Does he even care about his relationship with God, right? Those are character qualities. Those are things that stick with a person no matter what's going on. The looks fade, the money could drown out of the account. And what you're left with is a man's character. And the only way you're going to know his character is to observe him over time. And I'm not saying it needs to be a 10-year period, but most people cannot keep up the facade for one to two years. So you really need to be paying attention. And as you're paying attention and you're seeing the red flags or you're feeling your woman's intuition talking to you, because we all have it, don't ignore what she is telling you. We all have it. God put that inside of us. I call it like our own spider sense, right? Yeah, yeah we, we do. have that. Yeah. Now we may try to ignore it and we may try to turn the volume down. But if you would say, wait a minute, God gave me a superpower. And you crank the volume up on that and you get still and you really pay attention to what you're feeling, a lot of that nonsense, you can sniff out very, very quickly. So I would say you want a good man, you need to start looking for character traits and then you need to pay attention to your gut. Because so many of us, we ignore our gut left and right and we could have avoided all sorts of train wrecks. 
So Leslie, I know this isn't on the questions. I was going to ask you, would you mind praying for um, single moms listening, please? I would love to. I would love to. Let's bow our heads. Um, dear Lord, I thank you so much for the opportunity to come together with my sister Khalifa. We pray that anyone listening to this message today, Lord, is touched by something that was said. We pray that there is an inspiration to open your word and look at some of the stories we've mentioned today, because we know you didn't write those stories down just for the fun of it. You wrote those stories down as an example and to give us light and hope as we walk through our own situations. I pray for all the single mothers, Lord, in this world who are doing this journey alone. I pray that they would find peace in you. I, I pray that they would find um, the relationships in their community that would allow them to be the best mom that they could be. I pray for their finances, Lord, that they would have the resources that they need to care for themselves and their children. I pray for the children who are living in single parent households, God, that you would touch them and that you would allow them to do mighty things in your name. We thank you so much for sending your son to die on the cross for our sins. We thank you for rescuing us for our, from our sins. We thank you for forgiving us for our sins, God. And we are going to be sure to give you all the glory, the honor, and the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much. So, Leslie, where can people find you on social media? Yes. So I'm on Instagram at fan underscore into underscore flames. And then I have a website, www.fanintoflames.com. So I would love to get DMs from folks. If you feel like you want to get on a call with me, I'd love to do that too. But I'm just so excited that we had this time together, Khalifa. Brilliant. Honestly, it's been so refreshing. I feel like I've known you forever. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on the Happy Single Month podcast. Oh, thank you, Khalifa.